Welcome again to another episode of the Stuff and Things podcast. On tonight's episode, we will recap uh, the debacle that was the Iowa Northwestern game, along with my horrible prediction. Uh, we'll also look ahead to this weekend's matchup in Iowa City with the Michigan State Spartans, and we'll get right into that right after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's get into last week's, well, I guess we have to talk about last week's game. I was lost 21 to 20, and also let's welcome in Joe here to this week's episode. He wasn't part of the Open this week, so Joe, thanks for always being here. I, I am. I am not. In, I, I am. I'm there in spirit. I'm not in the Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce Studio. We are doing this. We are doing this COVID friendly. Yeah, we. Uh, so we're a little bit delayed on getting this out this week, just with uh, a potential exposure and out of an abundance of caution. And I think we actually said like last week, like don't be an asshole, be smart. So we're we're trying to follow our own advice here. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's it's good to see you. I'm literally just looking at you on on Zoom. So we'll see how this goes. It's a real treat for you. I can tell you that. I don't want to give too much away, but you, you, you bet your ass it is. I look good from the shoulder blades up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, 21 to 20. Um, another annoying, frustrating game against Northwestern. I was I was irrationally angry at the end of that game. I had yeah, to... yeah. I, I don't blame you. I actually feel like I had a little bit of a benefit in terms of being at a wedding. I only got to watch the fun parts. And then had to to scoop for uh, for a four o'clock wedding. I mean, it's, I'm not gonna lie, like I didn't have my phone kind of, you know, peeking out of my pocket there during the the ceremony or certainly during cocktail hour. But uh, yeah, I, I was thankful for something else to do and kind of uh, to to take my attention. It was just, I don't know, I and I never felt like, even though they were only down by a point there in the fourth quarter, I never honestly felt like they were gonna do anything. The offense. I think is struggling with their identity. I don't think they know what they want to be. Do they want to be a running team? Do they want to be a team that throws the ball over the field? I think they're trying to be everything at the same time. And that's not what's that they have never been successful doing that. 
So yeah, yeah, they're certainly not as balanced at the very least. So. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Ferentz said as much. Ferentz kind of called out uh, Brian a little bit, I think, after the game, in not so many words, but kind of like, yeah, we uh, we need to figure this shit out because it's not getting any better. Yeah, and you know, I think that um, you know, it, it felt very much, at least, uh, watching it kind of from afar or kind of just in, in segments, very much like uh, you know, week one, like the Purdue game, like. Should have won. Probably, you know, it, it's, you know, again, this is a kind of a, feels like a silly thing to say uh, in the game that you lose, especially in that fashion. But same kind of thing, kind of death by a thousand paper cuts. I feel like Iowa has the better team, the better roster. They just, uh, and, it, and it was different in the sense that it wasn't penalties and turnovers like nope. it was. Um, I wish it would have been that. But it was, it, it was just kind of the, the blah muck like that that game that game Kinnick Stadium did not deserve that game that should have been uh there in Evanston being played on that that field with that high school football tracks. field yeah yeah man it's just and getting shut out in the second half it's ugh Dude, uh, man like I said I was I was very very it's a good thing we didn't do like an instant reaction or anything like that because we would have probably had to put the old explicit tag on our on our podcast for sure. Cause <laughs> yeah. I, I literally had to go pick up Charlie and just like carry him around and let him like cheer me up. Cause I, was your thunder jacket. Oh my God. It just, I was so mad and, ugh, and I, and I, it was ugh, it just so many, so many things I can't even put into words. Like it's just so frustrating how they have all this talent and can't figure it out. I mean, Spencer Petrus is out there doing his best Jake Christensen impression and breaking receivers' fingers on five-yard crossing routes. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's uh, I mean, it's in this game too. I I felt like I had this mentality going into the season in general, just because it was so strange, and you kind of figured there was going to be um, just some anomalies, not specific to Iowa, just but just a lot of general weirdness. And I mean, if you look at it, that's sure as hell. Um, you know, stood up to the task so far. You look at the Big Ten right now, and you see um, Indiana is leading uh, or tied for the lead uh, in the Big Ten East. Weird. Uh, Purdue is tied for the lead uh, and is undefeated in the West. And then you get some really, really good teams, um, at least, you know, from last year, Iowa, Minnesota, Penn State, and Michigan, a total of one and seven, one win, seven losses between those four teams, uh, which is just amazing. So, uh, yeah, and maybe this is, again, some kind of self-preservation mechanism, but, uh, you know, that, that's where I'm feeling right now that, you know, this is just kind of an, a whole exhibition bowl type of season where, you know, nothing really counts and it'll be written in pencil in the record books. But that being said, I want to win, damn it. <laughs> it doesn't feel good to lose and lose in the fashion that, uh, that has happened to the Hawks the first couple of weeks. Yeah, no, some bright spots of the game. Um, Davion Nixon is – really blossoming into, I think, the player that we kind of thought he would probably become. Um, I think what he had a he had, a, had one and a half tackles for laws. I think he had a – I know he had a, at least one sack. I think he had ten tackles overall. Um, he's very disruptive, clearly. And then Tory Taylor, man. The Aussie punter is quickly becoming my favorite player, which is unfortunate that the punter is like the highlight of the team so far, but – that doesn't always bode well for your overall win-loss record. 
But man, that dude can boot the football. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been solid, and I, you know, I you still feel like all of the you see you see glimmers in the in the first uh, in the first quarter, particularly this last week of uh, you know defense was was staunch. Uh, Terry Roberts comes up big with a, a special teams play. Next drive, you know, they they end up going all the way down and then kind of settling for three, even though they're should have gone for it there. They should have gone for it there. I, as a fan, yes. As probably a, a logical football person, I would say no. You go up by three scores, but damn, I'd say step on the yeah, step on their throat. Northwestern uh, but, man, you can't let them hang around because that's but, what I mean, Fitz point, does best. For sure, but but the point being, you know, you, you saw it from from everywhere. Offense came out guns blazing. Defense was holding strong. Special teams came up big, and then. It just like it just stopped. I mean that that uh, throw that the throw that Petrus made to Smith on that touchdown was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Touch, mm-hmm. right to where Smith was the only one that could go up and get it. I mean it was it was a thing of beauty. And then he's trying to throw it through guys when they're running those crossing routes, and it's it's I don't man I know I hope it's just a matter of him needing to settle down, but. Sure as hell got his reps in. Uh, I mean, fit, I mean, and this is not a, a criticism of, of Petrus, of course, but uh, you know, you, you check the box score after the game. He's at 50 pass attempts. I can't remember a time the last time a Iowa quarterback did 50 passing attempts. Yeah. Compare that against uh, Peyton Ramsey who in a one-point game. Oh uh, yeah, true, true. Peyton Ramsey had 18 passing attempts. So he's I mean, he's the typical quarterback at Northwestern that will give Iowa fits. And, and then, yeah, conversely, you look, Peyton Ramsey himself had 12 rushing attempts. Uh, you know, granted, some of those get wonky when they're a quarterback. Iowa, as a team, had 23. So That's just not... 50, 50 passing attempts to 18, and then Northwestern's quarterback has almost has more than half as many carries as Iowa, as a team, uh, does in the, in the whole game. Uh, and, and then, of course, um, you know, the weekend got even worse uh, come... Come Sunday, with the, with the news that Amir Smith Marset will be out, um, obviously with a, a stupid decision, and, and you know, to be completely honest, uh, you know, we should always be thankful that he didn't hurt himself or someone else. And, yeah. uh, you know, that that's the most important thing because obviously that's just a, a dumb, dumb thing to do. Um, Been there. It was just the last thing. <laughs> certainly, it was just the last thing that uh, Iowa or its fans needed at that point after. After kind of eating that poop sandwich. Yeah, man. 74 and a 30. I mean, Jesus. That's hauling. Yeah, that ain't no joke. That, that ain't, that ain't and he's got, a, he's got a, like, a big souped-up Camaro that he drives. That ain't just uh, kind of cruising with an extra guy in the back of your moped. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different than that. But uh, like I said, I, I, I've watched the game. I watched it in kind of fits and starts. I, I didn't see it all the way through. To be honest, I think I'm, I'm pretty glad. The... The stat I pulled last week during the pod still holds true. So is that six consecutive Big Ten games now with no second-half touchdowns? I mean, I know they were shut out completely. That's so weird. 20 in the first half and then nothing in the second half. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at some point it it becomes more than a fluke. You know, at some point it truly becomes kind of part of the identity. So obviously there's only been uh, two – Game so far this year, uh, and of course the the game before that, going back last year, was a non-conference game. Uh, you know, in, in which 
they look like the freaking, you know, I don't even know, look like the greatest show on turf, like in yeah. USC, you know what I mean? I know, that's it. Um, but at least in terms of the conference opponents, Iowa just can't put up points in the second half for a and half a season's worth of games now. And what what do you think that it, what do you attribute that to? I mean, I don't, I can't really pinpoint other than them just trying to be too cute on offense, maybe? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, and um, so, of course, we're talking touchdowns, not points. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, seven is only four more than three, but seven is... Hold on. Ten, yeah, yep, that, check that out? checks out. That checks out. Yep. But, but seven is ten times more valuable, you know, than, than field goal, especially... You know, in circumstances like you were talking about, right down there on the—I think it was the two-yard line, was it? They were inside the—they um, were at the five, five yards and in. I know that. Yeah, you know, when, when you're right there, I mean, three is a three is a pretty terrible consolation prize when when you're that close. Of course, if, we, if we're looking back to, I can't uh, the Nebraska game, terrible weather. Um, yes. You know, so so there can, there can be reasons, um, but you know, when it, when it comes when the when the rubber meets the road, the reasons don't matter. The coach has got to figure out a way to to get in the end zone in the second half. Like, the second half. Six games in a row. Six conference games in a row. That's, ugh. Ugh. I need well, to take a drink. You go. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, even that game Saturday, all they needed was three points. And you have an All-American kicker. And you have another kicker who's got, who's like five foot two, but can kick the ball like 70 yards. I mean, it's... And they still couldn't get. Oh, it, man, I'm gonna just. It's just so frustrating to the tip. I think the worst part is interceptions off of tip balls are so much worse. I think than just throwing it straight to somebody because it has the it has the hope of it could have been a complete pass, could have been a first down, but no, he just threw it too goddamn hard, and it bounced off. Laporte. I think it was Laporta twice. Right where I believe where it bounced off his hand, where he like reached out for it, tips it, boom, right to the Northwestern guy. Also, quit throwing it to the middle of the field in the second level to where they have senior eight-year starting linebackers. Maybe go to the outside and work their corners. Fisher, Fisher, yeah. So I don't know. I like I'm I'm cleansing my palate. Could have been the bourbon that I just took a sip of, but I'm, I'm ready to to uh, you know bury the sins of the of the first two weeks. Um, what kind of bourbon uh, are you drinking I'm tonight? I'm going with some Basil Hayden's. Basil Hayden's. Basil Hayden's. I did a little. I did a little uh, virtual webinar sommelier tasting this afternoon, so I I learned how to drink whiskey finally. Um, turns out you don't just drink it; you got to do other stuff drink it and then drink it a certain way color me intrigued yeah yeah i didn't really take very good notes but here we are uh i don't know i don't have anything else to contribute on northwestern i saw the good part i followed along for the bad part it feels terrible to be owing to to those two teams especially first time in Uh, 20 years i know it's not a normal season but i mean when was even the last time they started owing two in the big 10 Probably two, I mean, probably ninety nine or two thousand. That's true. Probably some of the first years. And the most frustrating part, I think, is you know, through all the delays, everything that twenty twenty has thrown at us. You know, you finally get your schedule right. You find lucky. First thing you know, any fan does. You know, W L. 
consciously or subconsciously, exactly, UW and L. And I think, you know, most Iowa fans, 90%, probably had him at 2-0 and right now. Some of the perhaps, you know, less optimistic ones said 1-1. One and one. I don't think anyone would have, would have chalked him down for 0-2, which then to, to, you know, pivot begs the question. And I feel like this phrase is, is way overused and, and just kind of is a – is a loaded question, but is, is Michigan State a must-win? Is there, first off, is there ever anything as a must-win? What the hell does a must-win mean? I don't know. But if is this game on Saturday one of those types of things? Yes. Short answer, yeah. yes. Yeah, it is. Um, I think you'd see Michigan State probably maybe a possible letdown spot coming off that big, big upset over Michigan at the big house, right? I mean, not that yep. that's yep. – there's no home field advantage this year, really. But you are correct. It was in Ann Arbor. You still, they still got to go to Ann Arbor and do it. Um, and I think that they were huge underdogs. Eight, 19 oh, yeah. points, 19, 20 point underdogs. It, it, it wasn't close. And I mean, that's, but yeah, the, I mean, they're, I was kind of backs against the wall right now. I mean, gosh, if they go on three. Whew. Well, and I mean, not to, not to get too doomsday, but. After Michigan State, you travel to Minnesota, and you travel to Penn State, and then you have Nebraska. <sighs> so, I mean, uh, you know, we don't need to get up ahead of ourselves, and, you know, I think you, we owe it to, to all of us to let, uh, you know, to let each game play out, let each week play out, and kind of judge things on the body of work instead of, you know, jumping ahead with any kind of hot takes uh, like so many people like to do, but, uh, you know, it, th- this, is the e- this is the easiest game of the first five. Should be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, if, it is. If you say Purdue, it Northwestern, is. Minnesota, Penn State, they're all better than Michigan State. True. And, and, and it's in Kinnick, so you should have the comforts at home, the familiar, familiarity, no travel, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know exactly what a must-win means, but I am going to call this one a must-win. Like, nothing else from my, my heart. I mean, shoot, if you want to talk about hot takes, I think I predicted Iowa winning 38-17 last week. Of course, so, so I mean, let's 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 get into it. I mean, so uh, Michigan State coming in with uh, old Valley Tiger Rocky Lombardi as uh, as their quarterback. They're one and one. You know, losing to Rutgers wasn't it week one? Yep, with seven turnovers, I believe. Losing to Rutgers, turning the ball over seven times, and then yeah, beating Michigan uh, in the big house. So. Who knows how this one's going to go? I actually haven't looked at the uh, the spreads on William Hill. I do know that ESPN uh, last time I saw, I think it's a touchdown. At, uh, six, and six, and a, six and a half. Um, decent, decent kind of favorites for Iowa uh, minus two sixty, and um, you know ESPN always has that like matchup predictor, power predictor, and this is uh, they say Iowa has a seventy six percent chance to win. So Iowa and Michigan State play four times. Iowa wins three of the four times. Uh, so what are we going to see on Saturday? Are we going to see the one time or are we going to see one of the other three? I don't know, man. I'm last weekend really destroyed my positivity meter. I'm, I'm spooked. It's hey, you, you are, you are a little, uh, I, I don't, I can't remember when the last time I saw you like this, maybe 2012. Although I don't think there were expectations as high as this in 2012. No, and I know it's it's a weird year, and I'm trying to factor that in and everything like that. But, man, it's just 
It's just the fact, like we've said, I, I know our good friend or not good friend, if we want to call him that, Dirks, will always like text and be like, oh, I've seen this before. And he, I think he was texting us both that in the Purdue game. But he didn't have to on Northwestern game because that game was just so reminiscent of the last handful of years of Iowa doing that shit. And it's it really broke me, man. I don't I don't know. I hope Iowa comes out and runs the ball sixty times on Saturday. Well, and like I want Petrus to throw fifteen passes or less. That, that's my reaction too, but I also know that like you know, you, you don't want you don't want the pendulum to swing too far the other way too, right? Like I, I'm not an offensive coordinator, I'm not a head coach. I don't I couldn't tell you, you know, the uh the, the scheme the you know, the weaknesses and the schemes that Michigan State runs on defense. I don't I can't tell you. Um, you know, I can tell you Rocky Lombardi is not great. I don't know exactly, you know, which route trees he likes, which, you know, short, intermediate, long balls he, he likes. Like, you know, I don't know any of that. Like, that's what they need to know and what they need to figure out. Uh, but, yeah, so what I want to see is, like, football that, it, it, at the very least, football that makes sense to me. Um, because I, I feel like even to the, the pretty untrained eye, um, especially in, you know, quarters three and four, uh, in both of the games, it just didn't seem to make sense. You know, they, they seemed to, you know, go away from stuff that worked or just kind of, uh, you know, there was the whole thing about, you know, not giving Goodson the ball against uh, against Purdue. And then, um, I mean, he, I think he still only ended up with like 40, 42 yards or something like that against uh, against Northwestern. But, like, he's a damn good player. <laughs> like, but let, let's see let's see some creativity. Let's see some balance. Uh, hell, you know, to, to quote one of our guys, scratch our itches and yeah, just freaking run the ball down their throat, um, set up some play action. I'll, obviously, Petrus uh, needs to settle in. He's had a, he's had enough attempts. That's for damn sure. He's now got two starts under his belt. Um, so you know, put him in positions to be successful. Um, and I don't think throwing the ball fifty times is that. Well, and I think I think the nice thing they're finally playing a coach who isn't overly familiar who's not really familiar with Iowa football um a new new coach there for Michigan State and Mel Tucker who came came there after one season at Colorado um worked under Saban I believe he was I think he's a Saban from that coaching tree but I think you're right Goodson I think Goodson needs 25 touches a game somehow whether that be you know running the ball catching passes you have to he's your most talented guy all around probably um he needs to touch the ball more um no amir smith marset this weekend which might i don't know might simplify the passing game a little bit more i think they're trying to feed everybody the first two weeks and clearly it's not that easy to do so i think that's been might maybe get easier this week i he said man i don't know i'm i'm i need help i need like an iowa football therapist to like talk me down because I, I need to see it. I'm yeah. Yeah. No, that you're, you're exactly, I mean, I think that's a, that's a very point, important point there. Like it's, you know, we're, we're past the point. So first off season is 25% done. That's weird. Yeah. That, fast. that sucks. Uh, more or less. Cause you know, there's that ninth game yep. champions weekend or whatever, but like, you know, this is the week, you know, after this week, if should I will lose, um, you can't keep saying, yeah, but I think they were really the better team. It was just a bad game, you know, and then if they just would have done this or that, um, or, or if they just would have converted this one more time, you know, like, 
at, at the end of the day, you, you know, what your record is is who you are. The old Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells, so, you are what your record says you are. Yeah, so 0-2 oh, oh is, is something, but, uh, you know, and, it, it's, yeah, it's beyond time for... And here's a question. Uh, for, for just, you know, the excuses to, to go out the window and, and just to kind of put up or shut up to... To use every cliche in the book. Say Iowa does lose and Petrus looks terrible again. Then what? At the quarterback position. I know everybody's clamoring for Deuce Hogan already, but I don't. he's not the next man in. I can tell you there, there won't be a change. I, know, I mean, I feel like they're really strongly hitching their wagon to, to Petrus, but I don't know. I mean, understandably so. Uh, I mean, he was... He had the starting job the, the minute the Holiday Bowl was over, yeah. you know, for all being honest, and, and that seemed to be pretty clear. I mean, you know, the last time there was, um, you know, the quarterback competition, um, it, it seemed like a, a true competition, you know, when you were coming into an offseason, um, you know, with, with uh, you know, CJ leaving and, and everybody thought Nate taking over, um, which ended up being the case. Um, this was much more definitive than that, though. Like I said, it, it seemed like there was very little question that it was going to be, you know, Spencer Petrus, and yeah, of course, there's Alex Padilla, who's a year ahead of him, right? Uh, a class ahead of him, no, behind. Yep. Um, and then He's a redshirt freshman. Okay, so so Petrus is the oldest scholarship. Yep. Gotcha. So, yep. I mean, he's he's been there the longest. He's the most... Uh, Therefore, he's the most experienced. He's also, you know, a, a, comes in with a lot of acclaim, uh, perhaps just as much as Deuce, but perhaps uh, with less hoopla than, than Deuce Hogan. I don't know. I, I think it would have to be quite a um, quite a, a remarkably poor showing by Spencer Petrus on Saturday for him to not be the starter against Minnesota. Uh, that being said, um, you know, Ryan Ferentz needs to be putting him, like I said, in, in positions to, to be successful. And if, you know, stuff's not working, quit quit doing it uh, or, or, you know, get it figured out. Uh, they, if they get down big, though, you know, it's, it's the second half and, they, and they're looking for a spark, uh, I, I could absolutely see, probably not news, but, you know, trying to see, you know, kick the tires on Padilla, get him some game action, you know, when the game is out of reach or something like that. I mean, I feel like, you know, at, at some point you do owe it to yourself to – See what you can. See what what's under the what's under the hood there, but I, I think it would take a lot for Petrus to not be the starter. Come and I mean, Padilla is a much different quarterback than uh, Petrus. Padilla is a, he's a lot more smaller. I've always he, his game kind of reminded me of watching his high school tape as, as Marcus Mariota. He's he's only about six foot six one, accurate, doesn't have the big arm, um, can run a little bit too. Ran a lot of the zone read in high school out in the Denver area, but he's not he's not your big arm six four six five guy statue back there. Um, so it would definitely be a big change. But on the tangent, you said something about you know if it's not working, quit doing it. I'm kind of over the outside zone run. That's a play that worked well in the early two thousands when. And even the mid to late two thousands, when all the defensive lines were three hundred pounds, and all the linebackers were two fifty, two hundred sixty pounds, and not guys that are now two thirty, running four five forties, and can get can crash that zone and crash those gaps. I just don't feel like that that scheme is working as well anymore. I feel like their their gap blocking is 
much more successful in the run game than the zone. I think the zone is a dying, a dying art form in in football with the with the advent of how athletic linebackers and how athletic defensive linemen are anymore. Mm-hmm. Also, the fullback dive, kill it with fire. <laughs> Run it over, set it on fire. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, and, and that's 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 not a new uh, that's not a new idea. Either. No, you know, it's kind not. Of, kind of that. It's felt like it's been a little bit archaic for some years now, and I feel like that's been uh, uh, been and, and especially this last offseason was kind of a, a popular little storyline that hey, they're, they're, you're going to see some kind of reinvention of of the running game, or uh, and, and perhaps reinvention is not the right phrase, but you know something you know like some some more variation and some you know updating of, of the running game. And um, honestly, I I could give two shits how it happens uh, if it's an outside zone, if it's a uh, um, you know, if it's a pitch, if it's the, bring back the Jonathan Parker jet sweep at this time, you know, at this point in time, I'll, I'll, I'll take anything counters, whatever. I don't care. Just, just get it done. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I would tend to agree with you. There, there doesn't seem to be a ton of, um, and, and I don't know if this is, Iowa's offense. Cause the offensive line is good. Tyler Goodson. Good. So I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's teams just knowing what Iowa does and, and being able to scheme to it. I don't know if it's the old, Appreciate execution. I don't know. At this point, it doesn't matter. I just want to see. I just want to see a freaking blowout. I need. I need for some self care. Um, uh, a two touchdown plus victory come Saturday. I agree. I'm gonna go play some golf Saturday morning with my dad and hopefully have fun with that and not be done before the football game starts and go in just clear headed and. Try not to get so worked up. Clear, Whole clear, lot of woosah. Something like that. That, that and alcohol. So, yeah, my, my plans for Saturday include ripping up uh, uh, ripping up my bathroom with uh, my father-in-law to uh, do some, some updates there. So You're so handy. Uh, well, so cheap is really what it is. So... Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get that all done. Uh, hopefully before you know the 11 o'clock kick. Uh, worst comes to worst, uh, you know, we'll pull up the laptop and and kind of have it on there. Uh, and worst comes to very worst, I'll just uh, you know find another project to continue on and, and enjoy my day or or let out some uh, some some pent up aggression or frustration. So I don't know. I I I'll, I'll, I don't mind at this point going ahead and just making a call. Um, yep. God, I, I hope this isn't you know kind of hot color glasses, but I, I I genuinely think Iowa is the better team. I genuinely believe that um, they should win. Um, I think they probably feel like they have to win. You know, I, I agree with what you said in terms of Michigan State perhaps coming off a, a letdown spot after um, you know beating their in-state rival when they sure as hell weren't expected to. Uh, and, and you know, conversely, uh, I agree that. Um, I was probably feeling like their backs up against the wall. Of course, that's not what you're going to hear in any press conference or any Q and A's or, you know, anything like that. It's going to be, you know, preparing to be the best, tough, smart, physical, get better one day, one week at a time, you know, kind of, kind of stuff you hear too much. And I don't know, quite honestly, I, I right now is not one. I want to hear that. Like, I kind of want to hear you're frustrated. I kind of want to hear you're pissed off. Maybe that's mm-hmm. just because I'm, I'm projecting my own stuff, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Iowa needs this in the worst way. I believe they'll win. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Iowa. If Rutgers can put up 38 against Michigan State, I would hope that Iowa can too. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, 38 to 
Hawks. Okay. Um, I think Iowa secondary hasn't been tested deep yet. I think Michigan State will do that. Um, Lombardi, Rocky Lombardi, I believe he's. I know he's top ten. I think in passing yards per game through the first couple games, they took a lot of shots downfield last week and a lot of one on ones, which they won't probably see against Iowa because Iowa doesn't play man defense. Um, so I think the safeties are going to be tested. Um, they've got a pretty good, solid running back. A good uh, Ricky White, I believe, is a freshman wide receiver that's been really good for them the first couple weeks. Yeah, so uh, the defense, I think we're going to need a pass rush is going to be a big uh, a big must. So I think Iowa, I'll say Iowa wins. I'm not going to say they're going to score a lot of points. I think it's going to be more in the vein of like 31-17. Still two touchdowns. That's, that's, yeah, that's two touchdowns. But that, that sounds and feels comfortable. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take it. Um, so yeah, that's what we got. Two Hawks victories. God, uh, and hopefully some redemption. You know, of course it's, it's uh, take out some I frustrations. I, I was, uh, you know, hasn't played Michigan State since the uh, the Big Ten championship, if I am uh, recalling correctly. So uh, if nothing else, this uh, this weird COVID year has brought us that opportunity. Although I think they were scheduled as a crossover anyway. Here's uh, a trivia question: What when was the last time Iowa beat Michigan State? would be, I don't know, but it would have been in the double overtime game when Greg Castillo had the interception. I'm going to say 2000, oh sh- 2013? 12? 2012? Yep, 2012. The shitty year. Yeah, wow. So that Iowa team beat Michigan State. Yep. And that, was, that game was in Kinnick too, I want to say. No, that was, that, that was in East Lansing. That was a horrible okay. game. Yeah, it was a, it's a hideous, terrible. ugly, rainy, gross game. And yes, I think that is the theme of tonight's podcast. I think the and prior to that, I would have probably been the 2010 when they shellacked Kirk Cousins in Kinnick, and Tyler Sash had the interception with the yep. pitch back to pitch back to Micah yeah. Hyde. Well, that's kind of our thoughts on the football game. Uh, basketball, we're kind of getting closer to I think the season starting. Uh, maybe like. Three weeks or so ish, possibly. Yeah, I mean November twentieth, twenty something. Like the the twentieth is a Friday, so like either that day or that that weekend of the the twentieth twenty first. But there's not, yeah, there's not a formal schedule. Although we know a little bit about uh, who the non conference people will be and, and who the they will be. Biggest non conference slate in the history of Iowa basketball, even though it's going to be small. It's it's mighty. So what we know we know five five opponents mm-hmm. four with with almost one hundred percent certainty. So yep, uh, North Carolina yep to Carver for the Big Ten uh, ACC uh, Challenge. So I think that's Indiana. December eighth. I believe. What hell, well, first off, I said this to my wife too. What a what a hell of a year uh, to not have fans to go and, and watch. Yeah, North Carolina's coming. Um, is, is the the game up in the it's up in the Pentagon, right? Sanford Pentagon up in Sioux Falls, yep. So I mean, easy drive for most people in you know Central Iowa. Yep. Uh, you know, only you know five hours, six hours, whatever. Um, it's certainly doable for those in the eastern part of the state. 
Uh, of course, you know, the, the Cyhawk, we did get confirmation just a couple days ago. Iowa State's going to uh, be going to, to Ames. will be playing, but God, what a, what a year to not be able to sit in the stands and watch games, not only with the schedule, but also, you know, the, the team that's mm-hmm. going to be on the floor, too, you know, in, in, in the roster from top to bottom with, uh, you know, the the you know returning guys, you know, headlined by, by Jay Bo and Garza, and, and, of course, all the uh, the younger talent. or, or you know, Eighth-year sophomore Jack Nungy. Yeah, kind of the, the, the people who are waiting to break out, like, you know, Nungy and, and you know, Wieskamp some, but... Uh, yeah, sounds like five non-conference games and about 20 Big Ten games yep. starting, I don't know, sometime soon. Kind of feels a little bit unorganized at this point, but, uh, you know. Well, the student, the students aren't yeah. coming, the students aren't coming back after, after Thanksgiving's. I think that's still a thing, right? So as far as I know, they'll as as I know. kind of have their own bubble there. True, true. The Iowa City, and gosh, who knows? I mean. And I, most I, of the basketball teams had it except for one player. Is true is, is, is what it sounds like. So I, I'd be really curious to know what Iowa City looks like these days. Yeah. Um, from anybody who lives over that way, I, I just can't imagine it has, um, you know, close to the kind of the, the same vibe, same feel, which is, you know, certainly not going to be something that's exclusive to Iowa City. But uh, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, what might be kind of a, a bit of a, a ghost town or, uh, and it's not like kids aren't going out to the bars and stuff like that because we all know they are in oh, town. Yeah. And that's why they got shut down but uh you know certainly if nothing else kind of with a, a bit of an aura of caution or or apprehension and then yeah once once the students leave uh you know for thanksgiving and, and stay home like god that's just gonna be so weird I, I can't ghost town. you know being uh being there uh with nobody else around in, in the dead of winter although i didn't have to suffer through a, a year like that uh in pella uh a basketball off season like that oh. in pella, which Tell you what, was was totally worth it. I mean, Pella's kind of a ghost town, even with students on yeah, campus yeah. still. So, but I think that's kind of all we got this week, probably, huh? Yeah. So let's hope uh, let's hope we're both uh, a little bit more enthusiastic next week. But you know, I'm, you know, I, I think we we both share similar thoughts. Uh, frustrated. Uh, Extremely. I think I, I'm maintaining some optimism. Um, I, you know, I'm not. I'm forgiving, but I'm not forgetting, uh, you know, the, the first two weeks. I'm trying, man. I'm just tired of looking like shit playing against Northwestern. I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, Pat Fitzgerald. They just, suck, they just suck your soul out. They, they really do. Bunch of nerds. Bunch of nerds. All right. Well, um, in the meantime, make sure you check out our sponsors, um, the tailgatesociety.com. There's a lot of fun articles on there to go check out. Also, of course, Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce. We're well. I'm recording from the Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce Studios. Joe is a. I'm recording um, on a computer that's sitting on a plastic fold-out table ten feet from my bed. There you go. And um, we're we're zooming. Um, thank thank you technology. But yeah, Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce, um, Fairway, High V. I think you can still get it on Amazon. Um, it's fantastic. So hopefully we'll be back next week uh, preparing for a Friday night game with the... So I guess next week is kind of hate week, part one, with the Goofers. My personal hate week. Gosh, boy, you're going to be... I feel like you're going to be fired up no matter what, coming off a loss or a win. I mean, it'll be a different kind of fired up. I hope Minnesota gets spanked again this weekend. I don't know who they play, but I hope they get absolutely stomped. Well, and I also forgot... I, I totally forgot. 
got that, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of starting up with the, the Friday slate, you know, uh, the Friday, Friday the 13th. So. Oh, boy. Oh but God. Minnesota will probably be without their defensive coordinator, who has tested positive for COVID today. He's, he's, he's out this week. So Minnesota 0-2. Minnesota has uh, – they're going to they're gonna be coming off a win. They're playing Illinois. Oh, um, Oh yeah. A couple days from now. So. Although I don't know, man, they can't stop anybody. So who knows? Maybe Lovey Lovey Smith will make some magic. If they lose to Illinois, that will, regardless of what happens to the Iowa game, I'll be happy. Yeah. Okay, I mean, probably Illinois not. Illinois did, didn't catch Wisconsin last year. And yep. you know, let, let's all you know take a moment to one, just appreciate the fact we have uh, this distraction right now. Uh, but also, could be a hell of a lot worse. We could be Wisconsin and looking like world beaters with grand birds. And then, I mean, shit. Gonna, I don't know if they're gonna. Back? Yeah, I don't know if they're they gonna gotta, get it back. They gotta rein it in quick if they're going to. I don't think they're gonna get their six games in to qualify for the, for the championship. Well, it, it seems like at the very least that is a, a pipe dream. But like, there's got to be some point too where you, you gotta. I don't know if it's Barry Alvarez or, or who, you know taken a month off from being able to, to work out as a team and, you know, practice as a team or scrimmage. And then do you, is it worth coming back? And I don't know what their schedule is, but, you know, is it worth coming back for um, two games at the end of the year, three games at the end of the year um, just to do it? And, you know, kind of the, the risk of injury, you know, I, I, w- I would put that kind of in a similar camp as like, a, you know, guys opting out of bowl games. Like if there's really nothing to play for other than, those select, you know, meaningless games themselves. I still don't, I'm still not sold on us having bowl games at all this year. I still don't know if those are going to be a thing. No, in fact, I think some individual bowls, the Holiday Bowl, for instance, I know it was already called and said, nope, we'll catch you, we'll catch you next year. So um, I think, you know. And the Quick Lane Bowl. People, Quick Lane Bowl as well. Yep. Sorry, Nebraska. It's going to be like most things this year where people, you know, probably probably have an idea of where it's headed, but they'll hold out hope for long enough just in case. But uh, yeah, I I would. Uh, what's the point of a bowl game if you're not going to be able to draw fans? You know, for being honest, a lot of those bowl sites, you know, fill up a very small percentage of those stadiums, and that's yep. you know two full you know traveling hordes of fans. You know, obviously some fan bases turn out better than others, but without the fans, what what's the point? You know. No. Nope. Yep. I get it. I get it. I mean, yeah. If if Iowa loses this weekend, this season doesn't count. Whatever. It's we're over it. I want to say it doesn't count anyway, but that's yeah, it's gonna have a big old fat asterisk next to it. That's for sure. All right. Well, we'll be back for hate week next week. Talk to you later.